What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Welcome to another episode of the V-Twin Life where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins and what fuels our passion about it and why we enjoy it so much. I'm also proud to announce that this episode of the V-Twin Life is sponsored by that Northwest brand, Crash Ink Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at CrashInClothing.com and on Instagram at Crash underscore Inc. By the way, if you're down that Tigered Oregon area, you can now swing on into Paradise Harley-Davidson and pick up some Crash Ink gear now. So if you're like me and you don't want to wait on that shipping because, well, you just want to wear it now, well, you can. Swing on into Paradise Harley-Davidson and get some. And if you're thinking about logging into that Crash In Clothing website and getting some gear, stay tuned for another announcement in this podcast. So, now let's sit back, relax, dive on this episode. We twist the throttle and grab some gears. Let's roll into this. we got a man of international motorcycle travel. What I find awesome is a lot of these adventures he's gone on with his dad. You can check him out on Instagram at Sweds01 and on YouTube at Matt Swedlin. And I will say he does have some cool videos on YouTube from his travels, from trips along the Mississippi River to the Redwoods of California, to Patagonia, South America, and more. So let's grab some gears and rip him into another episode of the V-Twin Life with Matt Swedlin. What's going on, Matt? Not too much. You? How's it going? Pretty good. Hey, and thanks for taking time out of your day to come hang out and, and talk some motorcycles. I appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm always available to talk motorcycles. Sweet. <laughs> so we'll we'll just start there. So what got you into motorcycles, or what you know, fueled you to start having the adventures? Uh, yeah, you know what? My uh, started with my family. My uh, uncle has been a rider for a long, long time. And then he finally talked my dad into it um, right as I kind of graduated from college. So I came home one day and my dad showed up with a brand new uh, 100th anniversary uh, edition Road King. And um, he he told me to take it around the block. I'd never, you know, ridden a bicycle before, never really ridden a motorcycle. And he gave me his brand new Road King to go roll around the block, um, <laughs> which was I don't know that all didn't, you know, many dads would do that. So then I got on, got on it, rode around the block a few times and then went and bought my first bike, which was an 82 Yamaha Virago 750, um, boy, a week or two later. And I was hooked. Sounds almost similar. My first bike, I bought an 83 Honda Sabre, the old V45 750. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it was a great, it was a great bike. I mean, those, the, the Yamahas, there's a million of them out there. Um, it's pretty easy to find parts. Um, it was leaking from, I don't know, everywhere, but, uh, <laughs> it was a great, great first bike, great bike to learn on. Oh, they are fun. And like I said, with, you know, you got a bike that's been so mass produced that parts, you know, it's not hard to come across parts to fix it. And, you know, it's that bike that get you started and all of a sudden you're hooked for life. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So did you do much riding on that one or how long did you hang on to that? Um, I didn't do any big trips on that bike. I had that bike um, for a couple of years, uh, but then I got really lucky. I, one of my, my job, I worked for an advertising agency um, here in downtown Minneapolis um, on the Harley Davidson account uh, for, for four years and the agency had 
three bikes, three motorcycles that we could just kind of take out. And I ended up, of course, positioned myself to be the manager of said fleet. <laughs> oh, nice. Perfect. Um, yeah. So then the, uh, the Virago kind of sat for a while because I had the, I had a basically a street Bob and a V rod kind of at my disposal whenever I needed. So I rode those, rode those quite a bit. And I took the street Bob on a trip to South Dakota out to uh, the black Hills and the V rod came, I rode the V rod over to uh, Milwaukee for uh, one of the, I think it was the hundredth anniversary. No, no, no. It was the 105th anniversary. Um, so I did some trips on those bikes and then the, the V rod just, or the, uh, the Virago just kind of, kind of sat there for a while. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I was going through all your stuff and you've had some cool travels. I mean, watching your videos up the Mississippi and you know, like I said, all some of your international travels, Patagonia and that's freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, um, I mean, motorcycling kind of gets in your, in your blood and it just, it grows from there. I mean, I, I, so I got a bike and then one of my buddies got a bike and then two other guys got a bike. Um, and then, uh, I'm trying to, I don't remember what year it was. It's been probably 12 or 15, almost 15 years. Um, two of us did the first, did our first trip and we did a week long trip up through, um, the upper peninsula, um, you know, up to Northern Minnesota, across the upper peninsula of Michigan, down to Detroit and we caught baseball games in Detroit, Chicago, and Milwaukee. Oh, that'd and be awesome. ever, yeah, it was, it was a fun ride. And then it's just kind of grown every, every summer since then, um, we've done a week long, week long trip. So, um, and it's just, we've had as many as 10 guys on uh, the trips and now we've kind of trimmed it back to a slim, like four or six, which is a little bit more manageable, but it's, it's a great, we, we just keep, keep going. And then, as you said, I added, um, my sister got married in, in South Africa, uh, about five years ago. And my dad and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, we should probably go for a motorcycle ride while we're there. <laughs> um, yeah. so we, we did that. So, and, and just, like I said, it just kind of opportunities have come to be able to kind of get out and ride, um, at various places around the country and around the world. And it's been amazing. I've been super lucky the last couple of years. Yeah, I've been watching a bunch of your YouTube videos. It's, it's freaking cool. And, you know, one thing I like a lot is, you know, you did a lot of trips or you do a, a ton of trips with your dad. And I think that's awesome. That's something, you know, that I also enjoy is, you know, I do as much riding as I can also with my dad. And, you know, we both ride road glides and it is fun. I really enjoy that time. And it's just a blast to, you know, hang out with dad. And when you can share those same adventures and the same passions for it, it's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, he's the one that got me into it. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's something that, um, you know, I'll always, always remember. And, you know, that's one of the, you know, that's nice for people to enjoy the videos, but it, at its heart, the, really, the videos are there for me, um, to remember, remember that time with my dad, remember, you know, the adventures that we, we went through. So it's kind of a, you know, more for me, like but kind of a historical, you know, tracking of those of the time that he and I spent together. So it's, it's been awesome. That's kind of a similar reason why I wanted to start this podcast in similar ways. You know, I've I go through, you know, social media and whatnot, following guys and, and like yourself, you know, you see, I can see the trips you've taken and, you know, talk with you or, you know, say Rusty Bagger. And I did one with Ada and Rhino is, they have all these cool adventures in places they've been, but if nobody tells the stories, they'll disappear. And 
you know, for me, that's part of the fun is hearing these stories. And then, you know, now basically the preserve and people can come back and listen to them and, and listen to the adventures or, you know, find something in it that, you know, sparks them for something they might want to, a place they might want to visit or whatnot. And it's really fun. And I, you know, part of the reason I started this and I enjoy it. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, and you know, what would, I'm a huge fan of the long way series, long way around down and now up with Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman. And that was, that was really the inspiration for, you know, my dad's trip for going to South, uh, South Africa and then doing South America. It was just, you know, watching them. I mean, they, they have basically just the timing of it, even before YouTube was there before social media. Um, and it's just kind of exploded from there. And now you have a lot of people, going on these amazing rides, doing the videos, tracking it. And you, you can basically explore the world um, from the seat of somebody else's bike. And it's, yeah, it's like you said, it's inspiring. It's fun to see and kind of then you'll get the ideas in your own head of where you want to go and things that you want to see. Yeah, I'm speaking that long way up. I think I'm just now up to where they're getting into Central America. I've been, I didn't watch it for a few weeks. So I think last night I binge watched about five episodes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, th- I haven't watched cool. the new I mean, one that came out today, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty much cut. It's been it's a it's a great series. I can't remember which episode I'm on. If it's six or seven, I just plugged in an Apple TV and my phone. Wife was doing her thing and put in the AirPods and just sat there and binge watch for <laughs> hours. <laughs> well, and they've you know obviously they get some um, flack for you know having a support crew and you know, but at the end of the day, it's a TV show. Um, yeah, you know, very and true. and. For me, I look at it, the benefit outweighs any of those, you know, kind of the internet complainers that just want to find something to, to, to complain about. The point is that they are doing something new and different, and that's part of the electrical piece to it this time around. And they're yeah. just, again, they're, sh- they're showcasing places that we all can go, um, which is awesome. It is. One thing I was going to ask you, I noticed like when you were down in a, I was watching your trips down through Patagonia. It's a freaking dogs chasing you. It seems you go through these little <laughs> towns. Got all the dogs coming out after you. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was. It was funny watching the long way up. I thought maybe it was like the noise factor of the, you know, the gas powered bikes. But um, in the first couple episodes of Long Way Up, they there's a few dogs chasing them around too. So I'm not sure what the deal is. But any, yeah, anytime we got into a town, if they're um, dogs. One time in um, the place, the city that we went into, Punta, Punta Arenas, I mean, you, I would have thought it was like a giant black bear because this huge black lab like just came up out of nowhere and almost knocked me off the bike, oh, um, Jesus. Uh, which was crazy because we were just at a stop. Um, the rest of them were all kind of smaller, yippy ones. But I, yeah, it was funny. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they don't like motorcycles there. Yeah, I've seen a few of them. Like, man, I get a little, a little unnerving. You know, you're doing 20, 25 ish, and all of a sudden, I know here comes a dog that wants to bite your leg off. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. And I was glad that we, it was one of the things that I tried to, when I was putting the videos together, was trying to show just, you know, some of those interesting moments. And that was because it happened a bunch of times. Uh, you know, I wanted to, wanted to show that. And, you know, again, if somebody then now somebody goes and rides down there, now they'll hopefully be a little bit more prepared um, and be on the lookout a, for our little four-legged friends. That's a very good point. Yeah. Cause I mean, that could, you know, catch a guy off guard at least, like you said, you know, make people aware of it, it does help. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So then actually the other one I really enjoyed was, I don't know if it was recent. You had that trip where you and your buddies went up the uh, Mississippi. Yeah, we just did that um, uh, at the end of this, this summer. We went to Utah for a week. Um, we, you know, we just, we always trying to find an excuse to ride a motorcycle. So now we've, we've turned our big week. We have a week long trip every year. And then we've kind of shoehorned in another like three day weekend ride. Um, and yeah, this one, we went, we went, uh, rode down the Mississippi, um, from Minneapolis where we all live down the Mississippi a ways down to La Crosse, uh, Wisconsin. And then that is a very, uh, you know, for anybody who's not familiar with the Midwest, actually that kind of that Western Wisconsin, um, and Mississippi river gorge is a, a really amazing place to ride. That's where S and S cycle, they make performance parts, you know, cams and motors and they're down there in uh, Viola. Um, just an amazing, just tons of little twisty, um, you know, kind of in and around the bluffs. Uh, and then we just, you know, we went into Madison, which is the capital of Wisconsin. And then we next day kind of came back and went back through a different part of it and then back up the river. So what ended up happening to your buddy's bike when it had to get towed? Um, he, his bike has been just a, has been rock solid until the last two summers. And it's just been a myriad of, and he's done a ton of work to it. Um, I think he lost, um, he, he like was only firing on one cylinder and he had been having a bunch of clutch problems. So we, at first when I, when he dropped way back, I thought, oh, his clutch went out again. Um, cause that's what happened. We did the, uh, Ozarks, the Arkansas Ozarks last year. <laughs> we joked that we, we just leave him. We've left him in three different States now. Um, <laughs> cause we do, we, you know, we do top gear. You ever watch the show top gear? Yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of do top gear rules where we get you a tow truck and then we, and then we go and you're responsible for catching up. Um, and he broke down twice on that trip, um, got himself to a dealership. And then the last day his bike just wouldn't go. And so he had to tow to a D we, we, he ended up driving, riding by himself the way back. Cause we had a thousand miles to do in two days. Um, and unfortunately he didn't, something else went wrong this time. He lost, I think he lost the rear, uh, the rear cylinder, so he's having that fixed, um, which is a bummer. I like the color. Uh, me too. That's why, I mean, I was tr- going back and forth. I was looking at, uh, I wanted a road glide. Um, I didn't want a black one. Uh, all my buddies have black ones, and I and I just, I kind of, there's a bunch of options in red, and then when that Rick, the Wicked Red Denim came out, I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm getting that bike. <laughs> well, I, I guess I won't take offense to you. you don't like black bikes, man. Cheapers. Well, I got a I... black road glide. Okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so is my dad. He bought the 2019 special last year. Also, he loves it. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's just such a nice bike. And then I've done, I put some Krauss uh, Moto uh, risers and the T bar on there, uh, kind of the Moto style bar, which is a little bit different on road glides. Um, I have a bunch of S and S parts, uh, a couple Clockworks windshield and fender. So it's 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 fun. And they did they did um. Harley came out with the, the CBOs that they've now released with those kind of those fan, the lo, lo, fair, the painted mat, like painted matched uh, lower fairings uh, or mm-hmm. fangs, they call them. And that just adds like a whole nother kind of, you know, custom look to it, which is pretty awesome. I've been thinking about going with the lowers on mine just for, you know, fall and this time of year for riding. Cause a lot of guys that have them say it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's nice. It definitely, um, when it gets cold and then on you know, on longer rides, just, pushing that air that's kind of coming up at you from underneath, pushing it off to the side is a definitely, definitely a huge help. 
Yeah, my dad's had the leather ones for years because he's on his third road glide and he really likes it. That way, you mean they're really easy to take on and off. And, you know, whether you don't want them in the summer, come fall, you can put them on. It only takes, you know, a minute. Mm-hmm. And he really enjoys those ones. Yeah, those work. I've had those a few times. Um, those those work pretty nice. Right now, I just have like uh, the, those kind of painted fangs. Um, so they don't provide any air cover. They just look really good. So that's what that's what matters the most. And you're running that Pelican top case on the rear. I am. So uh, a buddy of mine um, is called. We he calls it a we call him a rack pack, um, and that's actually something that we um, figured out how to make. Um, and then he, we've been selling a, a few of them. So it's a Pelican case and a quick detach rack um, that we've uh, we put together. Um, it's it's waterproof. The Pelican case is waterproof, and then the we we bolt it to there's a material in between the rack and the case and then there's you know we put rubber washers on both sides so that it's the whole thing is waterproof and we basically did a, a test run in our trip to Utah this summer and they worked awesome um i really like it um especially on trips you know it's just such a pain to kind of unload everything and i'll literally just like clip off the rack and grab it by the handle and carry it into the hotel room which is awesome that part is nice. I, that's one thing I have the, I really enjoy is the saddlebag liner bags, which are super nice. You get somewhere, oh, yeah. just open your lids yep. and pull them out. And I've been looking at, I've seen, you know, seeing more and more of those people doing that Pelican style cases in the back. Now, how big is yours? Uh, mine, uh, I don't know the dimensions off the top of my, top of my head, um, but it easily fits like a full size backpack that's pretty packed um to the gills Mm -hmm. um so it's it's there's quite a bit of room there i put in i put i had packed my backpack my laptop um and a few other things that i just put in that put in that uh in the in the case in the rack pack and and Mm -hmm. for our my trip and we were good to go nice yeah i have i bought a well actually before i got mine my dad had put it on he'd found a tour pack off an older harley i think oh god that might be a mid 90s and then he picked up he had a quick detach rack that bolted to the bottom of it i mean this thing already had a black luggage rack and it was already painted to match and he picked it up for like 50 bucks oh, nice. and so uh, when i got the my road glide i got from my dad last year so i mean i got the tour pack on it but i'm seeing more and more of those and i kind of like the looks of it and like you're, you're saying that easy to take off and just take it inside if a guy wants is pretty nice and easy to strip off when you don't need it and just yeah roll with the saddlebags well i think the other fun part too is you know i like on my vest anytime we go places like my it's, it's i need a new vest here pretty soon or i need like a fold-out flap <laughs> for all my uh, patches um but then this summer too but like it's just kind of fun to you know slap some stickers on the outside of it and kind of show where you've where you've been you know without putting stickers like on your bike um yeah so it's really easy to put those on the on the rack pack too which is awesome um yes, mine is i'm uh, not Mine's 17, um, 17 inches wide by 13 inches deep. Um, and then I think it's about 10 inches, you know, uh, from top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty good size. Yeah. They're pretty nice. I like them, but I like that what you're talking about, cause I'm not a fan of putting stickers on my bike either. No. You see a lot of people do, but like with that instance, you know, those, you know, you got plenty of places to put stickers on that pack. If you want it, it's not attached to the paint on your bike, which is nice. Yep. Yeah, so it's just another cool way to, you know, people do that on their, like, the back of their RVs a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of that kind of that mindset where you can just throw some stickers onto the you know cool places that you've you've gone. Yeah, memories. <laughs> so how many miles do you have on your bike? Uh, I just just yesterday we've been, it's been amazing in Minnesota we, in November. We, this whole week has been seventy. It's like the best week in November uh, ever. Oh, um, nice. So I and my bike is two years old because I bought it two October's ago. I have I have fifteen thousand miles on it. I just rolled over fifteen. Um, this summer, uh, other than my trips, actually the kind of the funny part is with the whole COVID situation. Um, you know, I usually I ride my bike all summer long to work and back and, you know, at, you know, everybody with everybody sitting at home, I did some trips, but just did not put on the mileage this summer because, I, you know, everybody kind of staying home, which was too bad. Yeah, I think actually I put on more miles this summer than I ever have. <laughs> well, mine <laughs> well, was like the work. Like- I, you know, I did, I did a bunch of trips, um, but I just, you know, kind of the every, every 50, you know, the 50 miles every day of going back and forth to work just, you know, wasn't there. Yeah. And both my, with my boys, they play baseball. I mean, one of them's, he, he played college ball and then we couldn't play baseball in Washington. So the only place we could play was in Idaho. So we did a few trips to Idaho. So oh, I nice. live in the far, far Northwest corner of Washington and wife's like, Hey, you know, if you want to ride, go ahead and ride. And one of the trips I did a ride one cane a day. Oh yeah, but nice. so I mean, with my trips to back and forth to Idaho alone, I did almost four thousand miles just for Idaho, and then we had a a weekend trip. I rode down to Oregon, which my dad came on that one. Two other buddies, there's four of us rode down there, and I was able to get a ton of riding in. All you know, all thanks to baseball, really. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's the only bummer thing. You know, I, we just went and did the Utah ride with that was a ton of miles and a couple other small trips, but I, yeah, I just ended up not riding locally as much as I, as I normally do. So I was hoping to get closer to, it should have been closer to like 18 to 20,000 miles, but you just have to make up for it uh, in the spring. How is Utah? That's one place I would like to get through is that Southern Utah through all the, you know, Zion arches and oh. I was talking with, with 801 Rhino. He's on Instagram. He lives down in like dead center in the middle of the Utah and some of the pictures in the area that, he gets to see and ride down there just breathtaking it's beautiful uh yeah you gotta you gotta get to utah everybody needs to go utah is absolutely amazing i love colorado colorado is one of my favorite places to ride but utah was just unbelievable from you know like monument valley you know which is like just over the border in arizona up to zion and capital capital reef um is one that you don't hear about that much um, but that's absolutely gorgeous to ride through. That was a huge surprise. Um, two of us got up early. Um, we, we ended up not being able to get into, so there's a car crash in Arches. So they closed down the park when we rolled into Moab. Um, but two of us got up um, at like four in the morning and rode into Arches at sunrise, which was absolutely incredible. Um, oh, I bet. It's, and, I, and in one place that we didn't, it's more off-road riding, but there's another place uh, is Canyonlands National Park, which I only kind of figured out after our trip and going back and looking. That place is also amazing. There's, if you have an adventure bike, that place is phenomenal because you kind of go down this really twist. You basically go down into this canyon on the switchbacks. And then there's, I forget how long it is. It's maybe 150 miles or something like 100 miles. You basically just, you're driving through the the Wild West. 
um, like every Wild West movie, um, just the mesas and you kind of follow the river and it's not even a road. It's basically a track. Um, Canyonlands is one that you you really should check out. That's amazing. You just, you can't go wrong. I mean, Zion was gorgeous. Um, Bryce Canyon, Utah is an absolute bucket list place for anybody who rides. Yeah. I'm hoping next year, my daughter really wants to go on a trip and she had texted me that was a couple of weeks ago. She's been talking about wanting to go for a, a bike trip. And, you know, she was talking about wanting to go to Eastern Washington. Well, she texted me a couple of weeks ago. She's like, Hey, what do you think about taking a bike trip next year? I'm like, okay, <laughs> no, that's possible. And then the next text I get is her notepad with this, her trip idea. Cause I live up in Western Washington. Mm-hmm. It's like from here down to Idaho to Vegas through Utah, through all the parks, down to the Grand Canyon, up through Colorado, to Yellowstone, Montana, and then back home. I was like, holy crap, kid. <laughs> That's a solid trip. She's like, I-, I figure, what do you think, 10 days? <laughs> well, it-, it could be done in 10. It's like, holy cow. <laughs> I just, possible. I thought it was awesome. I laughed. So, you know, something to think about for sure. Yeah, well, and I would say, too, if you, I'm, I am in no way a uh, a hiker at all, but it is worth it to find if you go to Utah to find some time to do a little bit of hike because you just I mean like the Grand Escalante is another amazing road and there's a bunch of like waterfalls and creeks that if you do like you know you hike for an hour you get it down into these amazing places it's it's worth it's worth setting aside a little time to do that. Yeah, I had a little notepad I wrote down when I was talking with uh, with Rhino from that's that eight hundred one Rhino from. He's from Utah and he gave me some places like he said on, you know, on the podcast, you know, anybody that's down that area, feel free to reach out to him. Cause I mean, that's like his backyard and he could point you and give you all kinds of places that a lot of us might not know about if you're not familiar with it. But yeah, he was saying the same thing, especially about like Canyon Reef. That was just a really cool place to visit. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you can do, um, it's probably worth taking, you know, if you do, do a ride there and then, figure out a way to like rent a kayak for two days and do it overnight. Uh, Cause there's a bunch of different places. You basically kayak into these absolutely like just smooth canyons. Um, in some of the, oh, some, cool yeah, as hell. Oh, it's just Utah is unbelievable. It's maybe the best, maybe the best place to do any outdoor activities um, in the, in the country. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. Have you done the grand Canyon? Um, I, I have been there before. I have not done it on a bike yet. I was talking, I got a friend of mine that does a whole lot of traveling across the country. I mean, multiple times a year that he's involved with baseball and one, I guess, little pointer he gave me, cause I'd like to visit sometime is go through the North Rim side because the tour buses, the road is so, so small that the tour buses and big trucks aren't allowed on the North side. And he goes, the viewpoints up there, absolutely amazing. And generally there's less traffic because the touristy people can't get up there when they come down in the caravans. Yep. Yeah. No, I've heard the same thing that the, yeah, the North room in particular is the, is the place to go. Um, you definitely can see a lot more. Um, uh, the other thing I would say, I've been there twice now. Um, I can't say enough about Monument Valley. Monument Valley is just like, a, I mean, there's no really other way to just, I mean, it's just a magical place. Um, and you got to plan it out so that you're either there at sunrise or sunset when you're looking at the kind of the three, the three mittens, um, that, that place is unbelievable. I, and I would go, I would go there again tomorrow. It was, 
that was one of the places that I really, really, really enjoyed. I've seen some videos of different people on, on YouTube and pictures and whatnot. Looks absolutely stunning. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. And then not that far from there. Um, if you get into, you know, by page, um, that's Antelope Canyon. Have you ever heard of Antelope? That, that's where you walk into the, it looks like it's out of a, you know, like you're on Mars and you're in these, you walk through these smooth, can- that, that's one that's absolutely, if we, we've, of course, we've, we have like six trips, uh, planned already, of course. Um, and we were <laughs> talking about doing one that's basically that we do Monument Valley again, we'd go to Page and we hit, um, hit Antelope Canyon and then do that. Yeah. The North Rim of the Grand Canyon and a few other places. It's just that, that, it's, I mean, honestly, you could spend months there and not see everything. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, I, I definitely would like to hit Utah next year. I think that would be awesome. Well, Fry Canyon is another one. Um, and my, my, I'm, I would maybe, maybe it's because I've done a little more off road riding on uh, my international, you know, in Patagonia and uh, South Africa. Um, but Fry, Fry Canyon is another just, unbelievable ride that you come north out of monument valley and you have to go up these switchbacks so there's like six miles of dirt and it's switchbacks <laughs> just a little dicey on baggers um but once once yeah. you get up to the top you're on this on this basically on this high plateau and then you're just cruising i mean you can go 75 80 of on these big sweepers and again it looks like you look what you feel like you're in a western it's unbelievable high red rock walls that was another one that was we knew was kind of a cool place but then we just when you got there and we rolled through it it was unbelievable so was that in utah yeah yep huh yep it's just it's just south of uh canyon so canyon lands um and it's just north of of uh monument valley and mexican hat and it's how you kind of cut across um, to over to Capitol Reef and to get back over to Zion that you can kind of cut through there. Okay. Yeah, I know when it comes time, you know, get down to the hard planning. It's gonna be fun looking at that place. Yeah, and, and it's like so you get you, everybody. You make it's worth doing a little bit of just a little bit of dirt. We did take a we did take a wrong turn on our last day. Uh, we took a wrong turn and ended up doing thirty five miles of dirt over a mountain pass. Uh, which no, ever, nobody was really happy with me on that one, but it was wasn't on purpose. <laughs> that's funny. Oops, wrong turn. Yeah, make the best yep, of it. Just keep going. It's all part of the adventure. Yeah, that's you can what, laugh about it. That's when you what die. I say. Yeah, if you watch the in our YouTube uh, on my YouTube channel on the Utah, I think it's either day four or five. Must be, you know, it's day four. I think that's where. <laughs> where we talk and then two of us are laughing at the bottom saying like, well, he's going to come down here and he's going to be pissed because <laughs> we had just done 35 miles of dirt over a mountain pass. Yeah. I don't think I, I didn't watch Utah. I think I watched most of the other ones. I enjoyed them. So they were cool. Now, what is that mount that you have on your handlebar? Cause you have that GoPro that comes off so you can get the footage back of yourself. Yeah. I've done it a couple different ways. Um, sometimes I'm literally just holding a pole, um, which, you know, there's obvious safety concerns with that one. Um, but then I, I basically exclusively, exclusively uh, use Ram mounts. Um, that's the brand. Mm-hmm. I think they are just really 
solid. And also they used to, they came, um, they have these clamps, these C clamps that are, you hand twist them and they just clamp down on the bar. Uh, they used to have ones that you had to you had to tighten down with a socket, um, which they worked really well, but you couldn't move your camera. I mean, it was a big ordeal to like loosen it and take and get, yeah, and get a different angle. And now with these clamps, you just quickly unscrew it and you can move it around. It's super easy. For the handlebar, they also sell one that connects right to um, the switch housing. Uh, so I just, there, I have a, their little Ram ball is attached, you know, attached to my, um, my switch housing there. And then I have two extenders that go out front. Um, and then I can put a camera out there and face it backwards, which is, I don't know. I think it's nice. It's nice to get a, you know, a variety of views. You know, you have, there's so mm-hmm. many videos on YouTube that are just shooting forward. Um, and I haven't quite figured out the, the magic of those, I guess, there's some of those have thousands and thousands of views. And I, those to me, I, I just get a little bit bored just looking forward. So that's why I try to vary the, um, the angles as much as I can. I mean, hey, yeah, it, it is different perspective and it's going, you know, it is pretty cool. I, you know, I said, I enjoyed it. Well, good. Yeah. I mean, it's just fun to see, you know, I'm, I'm usually leading. So, you know, I, it's a wide angle, so it's not just my face. You can actually see me and then the, the, the background and then the guys that are riding behind me. I just, it's, it's a cool, just adds, I think it's a cool, cool angle and just helps everybody feel like they're a part of the ride. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like you're using a few different ones. It's like usually somebody else also has one in the back. So you're mixing up your view. So it's not just like you said, the same one, you know, whether strapped to a helmet or on a bar, just going forward. Yeah. We try to, you know, you got the bikes in the back and really mix it up. It's pretty cool. It works. It works. Sometimes we go a little bit overboard and we have, (laughs) I've got just hours and hours and hours of footage to go through. But generally if anybody uh, out there is doing it, I usually say bare minimum, you want um, a camera in the front pointing backwards um, and then the camera in the back pointing forwards. And then that gives you kind of the base, the baseline and you can kind of switch between those two angles and then anything in between there is just a, it's nice to have just to, to mix it up, you know, get some shots of everybody, you know, everybody with their kind of POV or looking back on them. It just, just adds, um, just varies up the angles, which is nice. Yeah. It makes it fun. You can try to, I think it helps interact and really get you more into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and then just have, you know, it's a weird make these videos, for all of us that are on the trip. So it's, you know, everybody likes seeing themselves on camera. So you just, you know, switch it up. Everybody feels like a part of the ride, a part of the trip. And it's, it's again, it's, it, it's fun to do. I, I, I'm glad that people seem to like them, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's still mostly for doing it for myself, just to have a, a memory of these, of these trips that we do. Yeah. Which is really cool. You know, and I, I like that, that point of it also. So what's your big trips you guys got going on for next year? Are you thinking? Uh, well, like I think we, you know, I was telling you before, my dad and I have been really, um, trying to get, trying to decide if we want to do, um, Nepal or India, uh, and the Northern part of India, which is, uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciations, but I think it's the Ladakh or the Ladakh, uh, area of the Himalayans is it's the highest drivable rideable pass in the world. Um, and all the videos and, and pictures that you see, it's a lot of roads that are cut into the side of cliffs where it's thousands of feet down and there's dirt and it's pretty amazing. Um, and it's some of the highest roads in, in the world. 
And then Nepal and Tibet, obviously, which is where Mount Everest is, um, also like just, you know, full of amazing culture with the the temples and, you know, a lot of mountain roads. So he and I, my dad and I keep, and then the funny part is they're really close to each other, but because of the elevation of differences between them, you'd think they were all the same. Basically, India or Nepal, you have to do in early in March and India, you don't want to do until um, June. So you can't really do them all at the same time unless you have, you know, you're just going to hang out in, in India or Kathmandu for a month and a half and wait. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> the, that's the big, big one. And then uh, my buddies that ride every summer where I think we're going to do the Smokies. We have not made it down to the Smoky Mountains yet. That's one place I'd like to visit too. do the Smokies and, and see the dragon. Yep. That's on the list. The only uh, we we've kind of, we, we enjoy riding out West where it's a little bit wide open and you can kind of go, um, let's just say at your own speed. Uh, yeah. And that's the, the reason we've been putting off. Um, we, there's one guy whose name is Randy, who's the oldest guy in our group. And we just always make fun of Randy and about being old and, we're like, well, we'll save the, the Smokies is a lot slower and it's a lot more heavily patrolled. And we always, we've always said like, well, we'll wait till the Smokies. When Randy buys a trike, then we'll go do the Smokies. Um, <laughs> but I think we're going to actually do it um, next, next summer. I think that's, we're going to, we're trying to make it happen. Cause it's, it's, yeah, it's gorgeous. Maybe you can't quite go as, uh, as fast as you want, but it's the views are, and the roads are amazing. Heck, you can go down to Smoky Mountain Harley Davidson and say hey to Rusty Yeah, there you go. We definitely, definitely would. I'm, I'm kind of in the beginning stages of planning out each of the days, um, so I'm, I'll definitely have to make sure that we get down there. So you're one of the guys, also. I mean, like I've started. I, I have a small collection. You do the poker chips from all the Harley Davidson dealerships that you visit. Uh, I have some of them. For I mostly do the kind of patches and stickers of the big, and, and I usually I'll get a T-shirt. That's my kind of dealership collection. Um, and then once in a while, actually my girl, I have two daughters that are eight and 11. Um, so a lot of times I'll buy, they have a bunch of the chips, um, cause they, they like those and it's frankly, it's a really cheap pre- present to bring back and easy to trans, yeah. easy to transport. <laughs> this is true. doesn't take no. up much room. Yeah. I usually do that too. I do the, get a t-shirt and then I've slowly building up my chip collection. I think I only got like six or seven, but it's just a fun little piece. I think I'm going to. I enjoy woodworking, so I'm going to make some sort of display piece as I keep building my collection oh, yeah. and make something cool little display. Oh, that'll be me. really cool. Yeah, we do a big, a, uh, every trip I have, um, we do like a, I do like a 16 by 12 canvas print. So now I've got, I don't know, 12 of those that are up on the walls. I have one for each of our trips, which is pretty fun. Oh, like of a map? No, I just pick, we, but we usually pick a picture, like a, a one picture from the trip oh, and okay. give me, have a canvas made out of it and we each have one. And then, so we all, we each kind of have our own canvas wall, a canvas wall of memories of, of the trips, which is pretty fun. That's actually a really cool idea too. Yeah. I'll have to send, I can send you um, some pictures of what they look like. It's just, it's a cool it's a cool way to do it. Like what, but basically in our, each of our offices, we all kind of have a bunch of these photos up of our trips and people sometimes make fun of us. Like, why do you have pictures of you and your friends on motorcycles in your office? I'm like, well, because we do amazing things. That's why. It's all memories. <laughs> and you know, when you're having a bad day, you can look back at one of those and just start yep. laughing and, you know, remember something. Hey, the day's yep. all good. Yeah. There's one, one of them from, so 2013, we did Colorado. We rode up, we got up early uh, have you ever heard of Mount Evans? I'm going to, so I'm going to 
It's a little bit of a secret of Colorado. So you, have you heard of Pikes Peak? Yeah. Oh, yes. I used to do hill climbing, oh, nice. so I know all about Yeah, Pikes well, Peak. that so that year, no, the next year, two years later, two years later, we did southern Colorado, and we actually went to the Pikes Peak hill climb race. That was the first day. Got up early, sat on the side of the mountain, watched the whole race, and then we rode it the next day and rode the million-dollar highway. Um, my, Ooh, that's that's one I want to hit. Oh, yeah, team. that's also um, amazing. But Mount Evans is from downtown Denver. It's an hour and a half to the top. Of, Mount Evans is the highest paved road in North America. It's like 200 oh, wow. feet higher than Pikes Peak. And therefore doesn't have, like when you roll into Pikes Peak, you, you can sometimes wait up to an hour, an hour and a half to get in. And I think it's like 20 bucks a bike. You know, it's expensive uh, because there's so much traffic. Mount Evans um, is like $8 and there's hardly anybody there. And it is just as epic, uh, if not more so, because then you can climb, they have a little place where you can climb up a little bit and then they have the, the kind of the metal stake in the ground. Um, and so that, uh, that one, you, a lot of people have not heard of that. Um, and Mount M and they just rode ride right past it on the freeway going through the mountains. And that's tons of people are missing out on an absolutely amazing, one of the best rides in the country. Um, and in 2013, when we did it, we, uh, we got to about 13,000 feet, we were about a thousand feet from the top and we rolled into about an inch of snow. Yeah. Oh, and I have, if you look up that one, I think it's 2013 on my YouTube uh, page. I actually have a separate one. That's just the Mount Evans in the snow. Um, there was a car that was in front of us. So we just, you know, at one point we we're like, well, we can't turn around and go back down in the snow. That's a terrible idea. Uh, cause we're all going to slide off the side of the mountain. So we just kept going and kind of tried to ride into the ruts all the way up to the top and then waited for the snow to melt to ride back down, which is insane. And that's like you said, like looking at that picture of that trip, that's what I think of every time is like, what an insane ride that was in the snow on baggers in 13,000 feet in the air. <laughs> that is freaking nuts but yeah it's you know one of those awesome memories you can look back and just and remember that's you know, that's a part of this you know hearing these stories that's freaking cool I yeah like that's it. what i try to do with the videos i've tried I've, i now i've added kind of trying to add in more of our audio and more of our basically taking a page out of the long way series because a lot of it's not just the writing it's the people and the camaraderie that is the interesting part too um so, and it's just like, you know, making decisions and what that means, you know, and, and one of those Colorado trips too, we decided like, well, we can either go, the clouds are kind of dark over there, um, or we can kind of go around or we can just zip over the pass. And it's a much shorter, we decided to go onto the pass and at the very top of the pass, the sky opened up. I, we saw lightning hit the mountain just across the valley. Uh, we could, I was following a pair of taillights down the mountain cause I couldn't see <laughs> And if that car went off the road, we were going off the road. So, you know, and, but, you know, we get back to the, um, our VRBO and then everybody's high-fiving and laughing because you all survived. And that's, you know, those are the, those are the, those are the fun memories. Oh, it is. I mean, I had one, you know, some, not even close to that type of scenario where, you know, I had broke down on the side of the road on our trip to Oregon and I ended up sitting there for five hours and I was able to fix the bike because my regulator went out. And, you know, we found one, it was 65 miles away. So my buddy hopped on his bike. He went and got it, you know, over the mountain pass <laughs> to Eastern Washington. Cause there's only one dealer that had it. And I, you know, I traveled with a small toolkit and socket set just 
it's just how I am. I'd rather be prepared and ready. And it paid off that time. And it does suck when you're sitting on the side of the road, like I did for a long time. But, you know, once we got to our destination down in Oregon, or as soon as we got back on the road, it's, you know, you just start laughing about it. Well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, and again, it, actually in the same year that we did the Pikes Peak race, and then we did kind of south, southern and southwest Colorado. We did we did Million Dollar Highway, and then another sneaky ride that not a lot of people know about is 141 through Gateway. So basically Grand Junction, Colorado to Gateway is 141. And again, you are just... You know, when you zoom in on the map, it looks like a spaghetti noodle and there's nobody out there and you just can kind of fly and you're going along again, massive hundred foot high, um, smooth red walls. And then it drops down to the river on the other side. Um, and of course, two guys, the two guys on the oldest, most dilapidated bikes broke down there. So we had to ride 30 miles into town to try and get cell service to call a truck to come get them. Um, and come, but you know, we, but the, the bonus part is that we, a few of us got to ride up and down this stretch of road four times. Um, and it was just amazing. That's another sneaky ride in Colorado that most people don't know about. There's one like that in Oregon, just in Eastern Oregon, there's a town called Pendleton. It's kind of somewhat by the Columbia, but it's once you start getting into Eastern Oregon away from the river, the interstate snakes up what they call, uh, up to dead man's pass up. Mm-hmm. God, I just forgot the name of Cottonwood. Gosh, I can't believe I forgot. But anyway, the highway switchbacks. Oh, nice. And they're actual switchbacks on the highway that go up to Dead Man's Pass. And it is an absolute freaking awesome ride on a motorcycle. <laughs> I I did it like a month before when I went down to Idaho. Well, we went there twice. And when we went to Oregon for down to Pendleton for a baseball tournament with my boys – my daughter came down. I said, Hey, let's, you know, I'll take you on a fun ride. And another buddy went with me. And actually that's the one YouTube, I YouTube, the YouTube, it filmed it all on my GoPro and it had just an awesome ride to the top. And there's a great lookout up there, but I mean, you're dragging floorboards <laughs> going up the highway and these switchbacks and it is just so yeah, much Yeah. That's fun. very similar to um, Monarch pass in Colorado too, which is um, just South of Buena Vista. And it's the same thing. It's, I think Monarch is like a 12,000 foot pass or 11, something like that. But it's basically a four way, four lane freeway the whole way up. So you just fly dragon floorboards going. We, that was one of the best rides that we've ever done too. Cause you could just move and you're just carving your way all the way up this pass and up over the top and then back, you know, going back down again. That was also just unbelievable. Yeah, see, it's only heading east that you really get the switchbacks. When you're coming west down it, they're just reeled mile corners and nothing like going up. It's weird that they made one side, you know, really fun, and then the <laughs> the other lane is not so much. Yeah. I'm, Crazy yeah, weird design. a few uh, roads like that. There's another one, too, just out of uh, – actually, Buena, they just are just paving it. Um, I, think that's, I think that's Cottonwood Pass in Colorado which is also another awesome ride. And used to be they paved one side to the top and that was it. And the other side was dirt, but now they're finishing the other side, which, and it's going to be, that's going to be an amazing, amazing paved ride when they, when they finish that up. Called Cabbage Hill going out of Pendleton. I will have to make a note of that. I had to look it up because it was, it was bugging me. Yeah. It's a pretty cool ride and I'm going to have to play with my editing skills and I'll have to put that, 
get that video put together, put on YouTube. It, it yeah, was fun. Awesome. We, we want to get up to the Northwest. The farthest we've done, we did Glacier one year. Um, and we did, we snuck into Idaho a little bit. Um, but it would be, we'd love to get over to, uh, um, Washington and Oregon. That just also looks amazing. You, you live in a beautiful part of the country. There are some great secrets up here. I mean, man, I could give you all <laughs> kinds of fun ideas. North Cascades is an awesome ride. It's in northern part of Washington. The highway is only open seasonal. It usually opens May-ish, closes October, November. But, I mean, it's you got Lake Ross up there and Lake Diablo. They're like emerald oh, green nice. lakes because they're just coming right off the glaciers. And then there's some little town called Winthrop, which is still like a western-style town. And that whole ride through there is just absolutely beautiful. I got there's a couple of pictures on my Instagram when I took my daughter up there for the first time. She called me this summer, said, "Hey, the weather's going to be nice, Dad. Let's go for a ride." So, and she lived up north of Seattle, so I picked her up and we did the uh, Skagit Valley Loop with a detour up to Lake Diablo. No, I've never been up there. Oh, that's so that was amazing, a lot of fun. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would love. I would love to get there. There's you know so many so many rides, um, so little time. Um, I need to retire here, you know, about 20 years early and just go ride. I need to figure out a way to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I keep trying to win the lottery, but then uh, I got to buy tickets. That's so true. I guess that's the other problem. Uh, I mean, yeah, we might have my, we have just have an, I just have an ongoing list. Um, you know, I've seen a bunch of people have been riding. I mean, anything in Europe. I, again, I was lucky enough to do um, when I turned 40 last, uh, last summer, my, for my birthday, my, my wife, um, we went to Switzerland and we rode in the Alps for four days, which Switzerland is oh, oh, that'd be it's awesome. un- amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing. It's just, Switzerland is so gorgeous. Um, you know, but then you have, I mean, you have roads and like, you know, Scotland is amazing. Norway is amazing. You know, and some of the, they're becoming a little bit more well-known now, but, um, some of the Eastern Bloc European countries that are a lot more friendly to go through, like, um, you know, Croatia, Slovenia, those are, they, some of the photos and videos I've seen out of their riding are unreal. Just, just gorgeous. I've seen some from that area too of Eastern Europe. I would love to do England and Scotland someday. That's mm-hmm. high on my wish list. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh. In Iceland, Iceland is, you know, really small, but if you get on an adventure bike, you basically can just go right off into the lava flows and <laughs> black sand uh, dunes, basically. It's, it's too many, too many places, too many places to go. So we're trying to, trying to prioritize. I think doing an adventure bike up through Alaska and do the Dalton Yeah, well, that's another, um, that's another one that my dad and I have talked about. Um, I think we'd like, I, I I've heard mixed things, whether or not, um, and I always confuse the two. One of them is that there's the Dalton and the Dempster. Um, and I can never remember which one is the, I always have to look it up and remember which one is the, is the better ride. Um, but that, yeah. And they actually, they've just paved, um, or they didn't pave, but they just, they just finished a new road that goes all the way up to, um, actually to the Arctic ocean. So before, um, you could only get as far as in in an in, Inuvik is the name of the, the town, um, and that's it's on mm. the Dempster. So the Dempster is the is the is supposedly the better ride, um, and it goes into Canada. Huh. Uh, but then they've now uh, they have a you could only stop and it's in the Arctic Circle. You could you know stop and get a photo by the Arctic Circle sign, 
uh, by uh, Inuvik. Uh, but now you can get all the way up um, to actually to the Arctic and put your toes in the Arctic Ocean and ride right up to it. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce the t- name of the town. Um, it's like Tukatoyayakatak something. It's I'd have to practice a lot to get it right, but it's you can get all the way up there. Um, and there's actually <laughs> videos of it now too. They, I think Chevy or one of the big truck companies kind of did a promotional video where they drove on this new road up to the Arctic ocean, which is awesome. Yeah. I think I'd want to do it on an adventure bike and not completely trash my own bike. <laughs> that's that's that whole the wide highway. <laughs> yeah. Red stories. People even saying, you know, a month later, they're still getting that. Well, and if you bike. too, if you get it, you, it's possible to do it on a bagger, um, unless there's any kind of rain. And if it rains, the road just turns to absolute garbage. Um, I, a buddy of mine did it. Um, I think he did it solo. It was a while ago, probably eight years ago. Um, and he saw a guy on a bagger, and he it, the road was wet, and that guy was. I mean, he was on the bike was on its side. And he just wasn't going anywhere. It just gets real sloppy real fast. Plus, like with mine, I mean, I only got the five-gallon tank. I think doing something like with the GS, where I think you have, what, an eight-gallon tank on the big adventure mm-hmm. bikes for Beamers. I think i just like to have yeah. more fuel. Yeah, that's good. We we ran into that problem a little bit in Patagonia because even – I mean, that's one thing about the long way up. They, those guys were, you know, running out of charges on their first day. Um and I had to stop. But it's funny watching the video of that first day. We almost ran out of gas in exactly the same spot. Uh, and just absolutely. That's what I was going to ask you. What is the no, average? No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What is the average price of fuel down there when you had to, you know, get gas for the motorcycles? Um, I was just curious. Know, Patagonia was was pretty cheap, actually. I mean, you could, some of the lodging was really expensive. If you kind of went into like the really high end, um, like luxury They've really started to do more like luxury um, uh, lodging and food. Uh, my dad and I kind of just stayed, you know, kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Um, it wasn't it wasn't crazy. I, I don't remember the exact price of the gas, but it wasn't like oh, this yeah. is insane. It was a little bit more expensive, but uh, but not bad. Yeah, I've seen people like doing like we talked about Alaska, where they're paying four and five <laughs> bucks a gallon up there yep. going up to Dalton. Which which seems insane, and you know they're getting everything up there, but I guess you know you got to ship it down, yep. refine it, bring it back. But like, holy, well, God, they get enough. Expensive. They get enough tourism traffic now too, where things are a little bit. You know, Ushuaia is kind of a fun, is a weird. That's the city at the very bottom of South America. That's like the jumping off point. If you want to go to Antarctica, you there they run cruises to Antarctica out of Ushuaia, so you're literally at the end of the Earth. Um, but there's a hard rock there. It's such a weird, it's a really weird little town that has, you know, has a lot of the like, kind of traditional Argentina, um, and, you know, Chilean feel to it. But then you kind of have the downtown is this weird mix of um, kind of modern and old. Um, it, it you, um, so you, I think they just, they're, they're, you're seeing, they've done a lot to, help with the the higher rates of tourism tourism has being become a huge business in patagonia oh i can imagine well you, you get a lot of hikers and you know that, those kind of people oh yeah when we got it that was between in the in a patagonia video that uh, i have there's 
part day four is uh, Torres del and part one and two is Torres del Paine, which is if you Google Patagonia, the three spires of Torres del Paine, it's the most famous thing in Patagonia. Um, we rolled up to the front to the gate of the park. We got up early. We were super excited. You know, this is the crown jewel and rolled up to the entrance to the park. And the line of hikers was blocks long. And there easily were 500 people standing in line to get hikers to get into the park. Um, and we we're like, Oh God, he's just, this Holy is cow. really, I mean, this, it was a three hour plus long wait. Easy. Um, so we ended up like, we ended up riding back a little bit and going over to this other waterfall, hoping that the line would go down, uh, which did not work at all. Uh, we came back an hour later and the line was just as long. So we begrudgingly got into line behind all these hikers, but we're all still dressed up in our motorcycle gear. And this woman was, um, park ranger was kind of walking down the line and she got to us and we're at the very end hundreds and hundreds of hikers in front of us she's like motorcycle motorcycle and we were like "Mm, yes (laughs) she's like okay come with me and we she walked us all the way to the front of the line there was like a separate little motorcycle entrance and we nearly got accosted by several really angry hikers like right at the front of the line who had been waiting for three hours we're like what are you doing right we're just following her we're on motorcycles i'm sorry (laughs) um yeah, we're special. We're um, special. She, we got we were in the park within 15 minutes. It was amazing. Um, so I'm not sure if they do that all the time or if we just That's got lucky. Cool. Or, you know, there's way more hikers than uh, rider motorcycle riders there. Um, so it was nice that they they were able to do that because we that would have kind of ruined the day. We only had like a day and a half there, and if we had to spend half of one of those days in line, that would have just been brutal. Yeah, I bet that. I know you were talking about, you know, how you like to do your YouTube videos. And one I was thinking, have you ever watched any of the yeah. law-abiding biker? Yeah, yeah, I've watched videos on YouTube. Those are pretty good, too. I like his documentary once he's done, like, I think there's six trips on yeah. there now. Yeah, I've watched a... It is pr- yeah, those watched, are pretty uh, cool, too. I started watching one the other day, um, so I, I want to dig into his a little bit a little bit farther. I've watched some of his kind of, like, opinion, more of his opinion videos, and I just, just noticed um, a few of those trip videos, so... I definitely, definitely got to check him out. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I, I like, you know, he's kind of one that, you know, he had his, has his podcast going, which I've listened to for a while and became a, a patron supporter of it. And his documentary films I thought were pretty good. I enjoyed watching them. I think there's a couple I've watched twice. And, you know, he does do some great, you know, mechanical videos and review videos. The guy does a lot for, for the industry of, you know, all the guys that really enjoy motorcycles and, you know, if people can take away some stuff from his video, you know, maybe learn to fix little things or, or tips or whatnot. He does have a pretty good platform. Yeah, well, also. I mean, he's got, what, 130,000 followers. I mean, he's built, um, you know, he's he's built a pretty, yeah, pretty amazing following, which is, uh, you know, props props to him for, for doing that. It's a, That's a lot of work. Just in my, my humble little, my humble Oh, man, little, I don't doubt it. You know, 300 and some followers, it's it's taken a while to get there. So, um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm just looking at these two. I mean, there's a couple of these that I haven't seen. I'm going to have to go check them out. Yeah. Cause you were talking about some of the, uh, Utah. I think he has one where he was down in Colorado and he did do the, uh, Grand Canyon one too. Oh which yeah. Were pretty yeah. Good. They were pretty cool. And so I just thought of that when you were talking about, uh, Arizona and other areas down there, then that one. Yeah. Popped no, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check it out. Well, sweet man, shoot! This is <laughs> it. Certainly did. Went fast. And talking to some motorcycles, definitely have to do this again because 
mean, I had pages of notes, and I think we touched on that. <laughs> yeah, anytime. I would, I would love it. Like I said, I, I will talk motorcycles uh, till the uh, till the end of the earth. So, um, yeah, if you if you want to go through any of the you know any more in depth than any of the rides in particular, or you know talk about rides in the future, whatever whatever you want, I'm available. I, I really appreciate it, and I I really enjoyed it. Like you said, this hour went by unbelievably fast. Yeah, it did. It, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, thank you for taking time out of day. Hey, guys, if you want to follow along with Matt, you can follow him on Instagram at sweds01 and check him out on YouTube. He's got some great content and is another guy that loves a passion for life. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you all for tuning in and listening to another episode. Hey, feel free to follow along on Instagram at the V Twin Life. If you like this content, feel free to hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. New episodes were every Wednesday at noon Pacific Standard Time. And feel free to follow along on my V-Twin adventures at dwoods96 on both Instagram and Facebook. If you share the passion for motorcycles and you want to be a guest, shoot me an email at thevtwinlife at gmail.com or hit me up here on Instagram. So until next time, hey, enjoy the open road, guys. Ride safe. Have fun.